Hey, Broadway people, you're back for another week of Broadway Breakdown. Last week, we were talking the movie. This week, we're talking the Broadway musical. It's Xanadu again. Round two. Let's do this. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. A place where nobody dares to go. Hey, guys. You're here with us at Broadway Breakdown. And this song sounds a little different from last week. Last week we had Olivia, Newton-John. This week we have Carrie Butler. This is the difference. <laughs> this is the difference. Hey, everybody. I am Brianna Phipps. You can reach me everywhere. Instagram, Twitter, bphipps14. Except for Snapchat, that's bphipps1214, as always. I'm because here. Snapchat's a jerk and won't let you put numbers in the front. Yeah, they are. That's exactly why. Because I'm JackieB123 on Snapchat, but you can find me 123JackieB on all other platforms. And as I said before, we're talking Xanadu, the musical, the Broadway musical. I'm let me be specific, so, because movies are still musicals. I'm so excited to be talking about the musical and not the movie, because I, the movie is kind of unbearable to me, yeah, despite I, despite the fact that it has some it has some good stars in it. It's just, I, I just can't with the movie. It's hard to finish. Jackie, Jackie wasn't here with us last week, where we discussed all of our anxieties over, over the movie, but... She's back again. Uh, unfortunately, Alexis, our musical goddess in the engineer booth, is is not with us this week, but she'll be back. So we're going to talk about the differences and all the crazy things that are with the musical that aren't with the movie or that we what we liked better from which... Or why one was a hit and the other wasn't. That as well. But before we do that, of course, we have to start off our show with the Broadway news for the week, and it's brought to you by Robert Diamond and BroadwayWorld.com. Um... Hamilton for Chicago, they just announced um, three new people. We're going to have Karen Olivia, who was in West Side Story. She won the Tony Award, I believe. She won for her, the revival. For yeah. the revival, yeah. Um, that was. Don't want you all thinking that the original West Side Story people are <laughs> are still are still playing younger parts. But I mean, it is Broadway. They it is bro- it is Broadway. We'll get to that when we get to Freaky Friday because I was the casting made me go. Arr. Um, but yeah, so Karen Olivia will play uh, Angelica, and she did In the Heights with Lynn, and Lynn obviously, he did the um, translations for West Side Story, so she's worked with him before, so she's used to his style. Um, we have Alexander, I'm sorry, sorry if I pronounced this wrong, Jimon, how do you, do you know how to say Jimon Gunn? I can't say his last name. I don't want to try. Can you hand it to me? That one. <laughs> Jemignani? That's, I mean, that would be my yeah. best guess. I'm sorry if we butchered it. Um, he's going to be playing King George, and he's done a lot. He was in 25th Annual Spelling Bee on Broadway. He was in uh, Sweeney Todd's Sunday in the Park with George. Wasn't Assassins, he in Les Mis? Les Mis. Yeah. Like, he's done a lot. So he's going to be playing King George. It's. I mean, it's an interesting choice. I'm not sure... Uh, I'm not sure I would agree with it until I see it. It's one of those things. Yeah, I mean... A lot of it you you can never know until you see. Right, right. Because sometimes you'll just get blown away by people that you thought were never going to be good in that role, or sometimes you'll think they're going to be amazing, and you're like, oh, maybe they should have gone somewhere else. This made me get jazzed up, though, for the uh, L.A. casting, because I'm I'm waiting on bated breath to see the to see the L.A. casting. I mean, it depends on if they decide to keep with the tour, because that's... Chicago's kind of where it's starting, right? It wasn't clear to me uh, when it was when this tour was first announced whether or not it would be a simultaneous tour because there there are casting calls that are going out in LA mm-hmm. at the same time. Okay. So um, in my mind, it's 
it, it was something that was happening simultaneously, that might not be true. You're you're welcome to let me know and yeah. correct me. Um, but we're getting casting calls here, and so I I just assumed that it would be simultaneous. Maybe. Or maybe some of them are going to continue and some of them aren't. Like, we'll see. Um, and then we have Miguel Cervantes is playing Hamilton, Alexander Hamilton, and he was in um, American Idiot and If and Then. Oh, If Then? If oh, Then. I loved that musical. If you guys, I mean, it's such... It's so underrated, and if you haven't had the chance to check it out, you really should. This, that was the one with Adina Menzel, Yes, right? Adina Menzel was in it, and um, she actually came to, to do it in L.A. And it, first, if you ever get the chance to see Adina Menzel perform live, it's amazing. Yeah, I but, feel like me and you lived in San Francisco for your whole life, and they did the premiere of Wicked, and you didn't go see it with <laughs> Adina Menzel and Kristen Chenoweth. Aww. Just, just kick yourself right now. Missed opportunities. Missed opportunities. But yeah, it was it was a really really good musical. And it really makes you think. Like if if your life it's it's all about like what happens if you take a different path. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So, download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. In your life. So, um, so those are the three that were announced. With there's already been others that have been announced um, with Chicago, and that's going to be starting on September 27th. So, if you're in the Chicago area or going to be in the Chicago area, check it out. Let us know what you think of those casting choices. Um, and then we have. This is uh, the Freaky Friday one. Freaky Friday. Heidi Blickenstaff, is that how you say it? And Emma Hutton are going to be playing the mother and daughter. I thought who they cast for the daughter, she seemed, when uh, when you actually see her perform live, like, I, I understand that a lot of Broadway, uh, they cast older, older, and older is a relative term, like, you, you know, they cast older actors to play teenagers, but looking at her to me, I was like, she. I don't buy her as a teenager. So it was it was a little strange casting, especially when you well, I mean, when you I look at the fact that she's that she's played Alphaba, who but she also played Natalie. That's true. And next to normal, so maybe her she can just exuberate a, a young presence. I don't know. But that's what I mean. That's what makes theater interesting. Is like I've I've gone up for roles before where I'm like I am too old for this role. And people will cast me in it, and I'm like, or opposite, I'm too young for this. Right, role. right. And they're like, you know what? We're just gonna put a lot of makeup on you. <laughs> I actually, I, I think I, for me, for some reason, it's easier to skew older than younger because you can always add makeup, but it's harder mm-hmm. to. I think it's harder to make someone look younger. Um, and Heidi looking stuff was in Something Rotten. She just came from some, Something Rotten, which is an amazing show. You should anyone who has a chance to see it should go see it. It's hilarious. It is really hilarious. Um, and. The, and like we said, um, Emma, Emma was in Spring Awakening. She was in uh, the national tour of Wicked. Um, and she was in uh, Next to Normal. So that is going to be premiering, I believe, at the DC Signature Theater um, on October 4th through November 13th. So if you want to see that, it's going to be a limited engagement. It's a short run, but my DC people, you know who you are. Check it out. <laughs> um. And then we have Richard Armitage, Amy Ryan um, are going to lead Mike Bartlett's new show, Love, Love, Love. 
This sounds, this show sounds really interesting, especially knowing that humans won the Tony. It's kind of that, to me, it's kind of like a it's, similar It's crazy, theme. though, to think that they're going to, this show is going to span over four generations. Yes, that's also fascinating to me. It's going to start in the 60s and wind up where we are right now. Right. And this, instead of, like, with humans, I feel it was more focused on the younger generation. This is more focused on um, what's happening to the baby boomers now mm-hmm. and starting with the 60s. So that, I mean... It sounded really fascinating. Like, how do you come from a time period like that into a time period like this and know how to set your children up for their success in life? Or or even understanding where the baby boomers come from. I mean, for, for my part, I don't necessarily understand where all of them are coming from. Because we, like, we meaning millennials, I feel like we come from such a different place and we come from such a different, like, cultural environment. Well, they come environment. from kind of like this more um, straightforward kind of lifestyle of everyone having like a certain kind of presence when you went around to like the drug era is kind of where they grew up which their parents are so like you know you always dress a certain way when you go out you always present yourself in a certain way that was kind of like the what the 50s and 40s and 30s kind of gave off and then the 60s and 70s were just like we're on drugs and we're not caring what people think of us and and then now and then now we have and now and they're taking care of us who grew up with the technology era of everything, the internet and all of this new technology that came to be with us and through the nineties and two thousands. So it should, I think it should be an interesting play and it's going to be directed by, um, uh, mayor, Michael Mayer is going to direct it. And, um, and for those of you who don't know, Mike Bartlett also just wrote the uh, King Charles III, which is the one you wanted to see. It sounded so fascinating to me. I love, I love like either like guess, like history guesswork or even revisionist history. Um, I find, I find that kind of thing so fascinating because it, it's a way, it's a way we have a dialogue about, about our lives. Mm-hmm. So it's his style of writing. So I definitely think that's something you'd be interested I in. I think it is. Well, I already said I was interested in it for sure. And I, I do like, I do think that's something meaty, like you said, when you have when you have an actor who is going to be playing themselves through generations, which I assume that's what they're going to do. They're going to keep the same actors playing themselves through generations. Yeah, that's what I'm assuming. I mean, it depends, I guess, how much time they have in between because if they're going to, are they just going to do a quick change that's kind of just clothing wise and a little bit of hair or are they going to try to do wrinkles and stuff and try to make it appear that they're older right i mean i i always think and that's i always think that's fascinating and that's going to be that's going to be the real like meat and potatoes for for an actor to get to play that um and that's coming october 19th through december 18th i believe yes so uh just keep your eyes out for that if you want to go see that that's going to be at the roundabout theater um, and then we also have Halftime, uh, which is a new name show. It was originally named Gotta Dance in, when it premiered in Chicago. It's moving to Broadway, and they're changing the title to try to better embody what it's about. And it's kind of about a senior class that's going to be performing at a halftime show. And they're... Um, they're senior dancers, which yeah. sounds it, it sounds really interesting to me. What, there was a documentary a few years ago about a senior group that ended up singing... Um, like kind of like modern pop songs. Mm-hmm. Um, and so these guys are going to be dancing hip hop, which to me, th- just the premise of this and also getting good roles out there for seniors, um, I think that'll be interesting because um, 
as much as much as like young people want really good roles too, you don't always want seniors to be relegated to to like the the typical like old Grammy role. You know, mm-hmm. you don't you don't want to start stereotyping people in in certain ways. Yeah, um, and that one is they're looking at a September two thousand seventeen Broadway. That was what they're calling it. So. Um, be on the lookout for that. Tickets aren't up yet, but keep an eye out for All that. of these sound really fascinating to me. Like, <laughs> I, I love the place the theater is in where I can be like, ooh, that's interesting. Ooh, that's interesting. You know, if someone was making another carousel, I'd be like, <laughs> carousel is it's, the most. Well, it's, worst like, it's nice ever. to see older musicals come back and to see what they do with them now. I like, I always that love as well. seeing that. Yeah. But it is nice to see bra- brand new ideas come Right. Out. Because you need both. Yes. You need to be reminded of the past, but you need to move forward with the future. Right. Um, and there's a, this next one um, was one that I thought was really interesting because I believe it's off of the real life occurrence which happened. This one's going to premiere in Atlanta, and it's called The Prom. And it's basically about um, a, a girl who is a lesbian and wants to bring her girlfriend to prom and is not being allowed to. And well, that, don't I, they? I thought the premise was that they cancel the prom. That they, You're right. Exactly. Well, that was what happened. Eventually, the prom gets canceled. Because and, of like protests, because people are trying to let her bring her girlfriend. To right, and then we have we have they said that, that they bring in these quasi celebrities who kind of step in, and that sounds that sounds like fun to me. Um, I mean, yeah, they have a lot of people associated with it already: Christopher uh, Sieber, Beth Level, Casey Nicola. It it's crazy. Like, it sounds like a blast. It sounds like I mean, aside from the fact that like. Yes, this girl should be allowed to go to prom. I love the idea of having like these like crazy different celebrity people trying to help her out too. And it like the humans is another show that's so relevant to today and that we are growing up in a period where we that's happening. I mean, right. I believe I believe that this is based if it's not it's they took something from it because that that actually happened where there was a girl wanting to bring her girlfriend and wasn't allowed to. It happens all the time. I but, mean, it's but there's not there's that one big story. Yeah, there was a big story, but yes, it does, I mean, it still happens all the time. Um, so that one is, like I said, it's going to be at the Alliance Theater in Atlanta, and it's going to be premiering August 18th and go through September 25th. So if you're in that area during that time, I would check it out. Let us know how it is. Um, and hopefully it'll go to Broadway afterwards. Um, and that's it for our news section for today. Thank you again to Robert Diamond and BroadwayWorld.com for giving us this news. You can go to their website to check out these stories and more. Um, so let's dive into it. Xanadu... Musical, and we did. We have someone that asked if the ELO song is still in it. It is still in this musical. All the original music from the, the show. Ex- what happened was, is the soundtrack for the movie was a hit, but the actual movie was not a hit. It's, I mean, it's considered a cult classic in the way that like people go back and watch it and revere it. But um, at the time it came out, it was not a hit. But the soundtrack was. So the idea was, um, many, many, many years later to take that music and make it into a show that would be a hit. Mm-hmm. And to also kind of make fun of the movie. Yeah, they're, I mean, definitely, definitely, they're definitely pointing tongue-in-cheek in the movie. It's definitely, the movie, the thing that's wrong about the movie to me is that it takes itself so seriously, mm-hmm. whereas the musical does not. That's, yeah, and we'll get into it a little later about the similarities and differences and why I think one was more successful than the other. Um, and I think a large part of that success and is the cast that they cast in it because carrie butler who played she does a great job she does she plays she, cleo kira 
she balances this line between um, between comedy and sincerity, and she hits it. She hits it right on on the point. Yeah, and I mean, she's she started off uh, doing Beauty and the Beast as Belle, I think, in Toronto, Canada. Um, she's been, she was Penny and Hairspray is what she's most famous for, and then she was Audrey in the revival of Little Shop of Horrors. So she comes from a background of that line of a serious, sometimes a serious thing, but being comedic with it. And being able to kind of level that, which Xanadu isn't quite as serious as those other shows and the topics that they're dealing with, but she still is able to like make it funny without like going overboard with it. I, that's what I kind of got from her. Yeah, she's she wa- she walks that that perfect line between um, between sincerity and comedy. Plus, she has an amazing voice. She does have an amazing voice. She does. Um, she reminds me a little bit. I, I I hate to compare other actresses in yeah, theater to happens. other actresses, but she reminds me a bit of Jeno. So, I especially have, in height and, yeah, and body type, she's like she's like tiny blonde, and then has this big personality. It's very Jeno to me. And I tried to embody her. I did a little straighter hair last week for Livia. I tried to do a little curly. My hair doesn't love it. do it too too much. I love it. And by the way, guys, if you were watching last week, I had my white leg warmers. This week, I got my gray. So we still got the leg warmers and the headband going. Um, Carrie Butler also, for me, she just, she's so tiny, and to hear this huge voice come out of her, like, like Chris and Chenno, same, like what you were saying. Yeah. It really does remind me of Chenno, because it's like, it's, it's a little person with a big personality. Yeah. Um, and it was weird to me, I wonder, I couldn't find the reasoning why they changed which um, muse she was, because in the movie she was, and I, I don't know how to pronounce this, the one that starts with the T, who's the, um, I believe the... The, God, the muse of, um, what was it? I think it was just of song or art. I can't remember. Um, and this one is the muse of history, is her muse. And so I wondered why they changed it. I'm not sure. I couldn't Probably because it's uh, easier to pronounce. <laughs> yeah, they never... Both really... Clio and Kira are, are easy names to pronounce. I mean... I love the part in the play when, when she's like, my name's really not Kira. Oh, good. That's the thing I hated most about you. <laughs> and then she's like... It's actually clear. Clio. Clio. And he's like, bleh. <laughs> <laughs> this, this play, um, if you guys haven't seen it, is so full of humor and just blatant jokes. They're not, they're not hidden anywhere. They're just in-your-face jokes. And they do it throughout the entire play. They make fun of the original. They make fun of themselves. They make fun of the current. It's, they make fun of the 80s, which is what you have to do when you're doing a show like that and people are dressed like that. They make fun of the Greek mythology. Yes. Um, so this originally, her role was originally supposed to go to Jane Krasowski. Jane Krakowski. 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 I always mess up her last name. Um, who said she couldn't end up doing it because of 30 Rock. She was originally picked, and Cheyenne Jackson, who ended up playing it, was originally picked, and he originally said he couldn't do it. But the um, actor they picked got hurt, and his understudies kind of worked, and then Cheyenne Jackson came back and did it for the Broadway premiere. So, um, Cheyenne Jackson, if you guys don't know, he... He's been in Glee. He's been in American Horror Story recently. Um, he was in the original Alter Boys on Broadway. He played Matthew. Um, and I get him confused all the time. We were talking about it earlier with Matthew Bomber. <laughs> so when I watched the Tony Awards, I legit thought that was Matthew Bomber until like 
probably a few months ago. It's funny because it's funny though. I mean, I do see the similarities, but for me, I feel like Cheyenne Jackson has been around as, like as a celebrity a little bit longer. He has, but I just don't think yeah. I'm familiar enough with his yeah. work except for recent ones. But that was like the last season of American Horror Story where they were like these three actors all look the same. I don't understand. <laughs> Which kind of worked for that season if you watched it, but we're not here to talk about that. But um, so he plays Sonny Malone, uh, much much better job than the actor they chose for the movie. Oh my I gosh, really the actor for the movie that, was but... terrible. But it's also like Cheyenne Jackson understands this like tongue in cheek humor, and mm-hmm. he he plays he plays the part so well of this like affable but idiotic eighties artist. Like, yeah, and I think that they they did credit to the character to make him kind of dumb. Because when the movie, he was not supposed to be uh, a dumb-witted person. And here, I think it works better to make him dumb-witted. Well, because it's like, I don't know. It's hard to, it's hard to, take, it's hard to take that seriously, especially when you're coming from the time period we are now, looking back then, and you're like, you know, Venice in the 80s, everybody's like making art and doing drugs. It's hard to be like, this is a very serious piece. Um, and then... Tony Roberts played the Dan McGuire, which was um, the Gene Kelly. And he's not a dancer like Gene Kelly. So they, they did something really interesting, which is they just they had another one of the guys that played one of the muses. Um, play younger him. Play and younger him and tap dance. Her. And then like take off his hat. That didn't fit <laughs> Tony Roberts and give it to him. But um, Tony Roberts has been around forever. He, he Movies and musicals like he was in Annie Hall, was probably his most famous movie. Um, he was in Sugar, which is the, uh, Some Like It Hot musical. Follies, he was, uh, Promises, Promises, Victor Victoria. I mean, he's done tons. And, um, so he kind of took over that role and they, that one changed a lot because it wasn't this like clarinet player you found on the beach. It was this businessman that he's trying to rent a building from. Mm Mm-hmm. And but who a, used to be a clarinet player. He did, but yeah. they made his part much smaller in this than I, in the movie, I kind of felt. but it, Well, it's also, I mean, I think with this, um, with theater, I think you have the ability to do more of a cameo role than when you're like someone like Gene Kelly, who had his whole career behind him. It's hard to go up to someone like Gene Kelly and be like, oh, we just want to give you this small part. You know, you have to make it, you have to make it. Yeah. Enough. And um, he also, they also had him play Zeus. They had him do a dual character because his, I like that. I like, I like that. I like the, um, I like having a small cast because it's good for the actors. It also, for some reason to me, whenever I've been in an ensemble cast, it seems to keep the energy going really Mm -hmm. well. Um, and then it's always good for actors to play for, for their resumes to play multiple parts. Um, and we also have Emre Guns in the chat role saying, I missed the show when it was out. Will it be coming back? I don't know of any national tour that it is planning on doing. Um, I think there is one that's coming Chi- up, but I don't actually... I know that it was in Chicago, like, I think it's going to be in Chicago, like, this, or it is already, unless it's already ended. We'll tweet that out. We'll look, yeah, that we'll up look and it up and we'll tweet it but out. But I feel like there's another one coming up. Um, so keep your eyes open. It may be coming back. I'm not sure. Um, and then we have Jackie Hoffman, who I know from 30 Rock, and who's hilarious and does this really weird voice um and she's she plays uh calliope and she is one of the two sisters in this version they created a storyline which is always nice um and in the storyline the two sister two of her sisters are jealous of her and they are plotting 
to make her fall in love with a human because if you do, then you are sentenced to death by Zeus. So that's their plan because they're jealous that she's going to be awarded this all-powerful thing Xanadu, which is the highest compliment that a muse can get. Um, So she's one of them. She's kind of like the non... She's like the little sidekick. Yeah, she's more of the sidekick. And she does these really weird, crazy voices throughout it, sings with a really deep voice. Um, She also... I believe she played Penny's mom in Hairspray, I think. Um, which if that's true, which I believe it is, then her and Carrie Butler already have kind of chemistry because she was already a mother that like was terrible to her daughter. And now she's just the sister that was terrible to her sister. Um, and she does it with, uh, Mary Testa who plays of Pelopomene, also Medusa at the end during one song, they all play another person for like one song. Um, but they, yeah, those are the two that are plotting against their sister. Like, I love this edition of the plot line. I think it really enriches the story. You you need to have a villain. The story needs to have a villain. And it made sense. It made sense as to why, like, everything happened. Right. Because before it was just, oh, there's this muse, and she's not allowed to love this guy, but we don't know why she's not allowed to love this guy, and it's just this kind of a weird... Hi guys, we have our guests. We have our we have two. We'll be, we'll be begin them. Oh, we, we don't have them yet. Okay, no, just one sec, Chuck. Calm down. Well, I um, see them on the screen. To be fair, they're setting them up. Oh, okay. Um, so they have these this plot line that they didn't have in the movie. In the movie, you're just like, oh, they fell in love, and okay, <laughs> and she can't be with him for some weird reason. They're not allowed to be, but we don't know why. And so this gave you more of a reason as to why. Um, and then the other people that were part of it were Curtis Hallbrook, Anika Larson, Kanita R. Miller, Andre, Andre Ward, who played the other muses and were the ensemble and other little parts throughout it. And like Jackie said, we do have two guests with us today, two special guests who were in a tour. Uh, well, I guess it started, what, you said in New Orleans, and then it went into a little... I think regional. it went into other cities in the South. We can ask them when they're on. Um, so we have Edward Carter-Simon and Tiffany Michaela Jones here with us, who played Sunny yeah. and Kira. Hi, Eddie. Hi, Hi, Tiffany. How are you guys? We're doing Good. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you guys so much for yeah. being with us on a Sunday. On a Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> We got nothing better to do. That's what it is. <laughs> so tell us um, a little bit about your production of it. What did it? It was was it a tour or was it just it was in a New tour. Orleans? It okay. was a tour. It was the uh, the regional premiere of Xanadu down here in the southeast, and uh, we toured a number of cities, but uh, for the most part, we our primary run was here in New Orleans. And as far as roller skating, how? How good or not good were you guys at at roller skating when you started this? Well, um, I played Kira, and I pretty much had to roller skate the entire show, um, (laughs) except for, like, one number. Um, But the rest of the time, I was on skates. Um, You had to do one skate, too, for a little while, didn't you? Yes, one (laughs) skate and hop around. Yeah, that was was fun. (laughs) Um, But... I mean, like, I grew up roller skating, so, like, I was, you know, an okay roller skater, but then after, you know, all the training and learning how to dance on roller skates and go up and down ramps, um, yeah, I was, I'm pretty good now, yeah. (laughs) You put that on a resume. Pro skater. uh, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We we had a hot shot, like, trick skater come in and do, uh, like, evening training (laughs) sessions with the whole cast and whatnot, and... 
as it turns out, uh, Tiffany and I were the only ones who actually roller skated at all after we had a few accidents. So <laughs> it um, it was interesting. I heard yeah. someone Fair. someone broke their hand or something. She broke her wrist. It was one. It was one of the evil Muse sisters broke her wrist. Um, She's going down the ramp, yeah. and we. It was before we actually had any training as. You know, to to actually learn how to properly skate down a ramp, mm-hmm. and she just decided, you know, to give it a try, and <laughs> she fell and fell on her wrist. It was ugly. It was yeah. really bad. It, really it, bad. It, we all felt very bad, but uh, you know, the show went on. Yeah, so yeah. why? I, I'm just curious. Why were they roller skating? Because they don't really roller skate in the show. Just At for the funsies? end, like the grand finale, even, I think even on Broadway, everybody comes out on roller skates and does a big musical number, a big dance number or whatever. Sanity. So, oh, yeah, okay. yeah. So we were all kind of prepping for that. We all got fitted for roller skates. We were going to have this big goofy thing at the end where we were all going to roller skate around and then our trick skater was going to come do tricks in the middle and we we're all going <laughs> to, you know, clap and do our thing and what have you. But all of that got scratched after she broke her wrist. So it was only the bare necessities. I I wore skates for maybe 20 minutes of the show. Tiffany wore skates the entire time. So except the not when you were like in the beginning, right? No. When you, when you were still on Mount, mean, Mount Olympus. I mean, that, that was probably like two or three minutes of the yeah, show and then the yeah. rest of the time. So for the most part, yeah. she was on skates the whole time. And you're the only kind of character that really does that, which is interesting to me because in the movie, like they did, they have kind of both of them equal amounts on skates. So yes. I, was, yes. I was expecting yes. Sunny to be on skates more. I was kind well, of. I, I had these really cool neon green Nikes from the '80s, like some holdovers <laughs> that I just know they wanted to show off the whole time. So I wait. I so had you those. were wait, wait. Let me get this right. So you were holding those sneakers just until the point that you could wear them on Xanadu, correct? Holding the sneak? What do, what do you mean? Do you mean that these are your personal sneakers that you were waving? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, what is no, this? No, no. The, the the costume department at the theater came came with these. I don't know where they came from, but they literally looked like they were from the eighties. It was pretty special. It's amazing. Um, so yeah, I wore those most of the time, but I did wear skates for a little while. So I got to learn some cool stops and spins and skating backwards and things like that as well. So. But, you know, we, the, the terrain on the stage was so miserable. It's probably a good thing because I wasn't very graceful. It, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it wasn't this, like, perfectly smooth, you know, uh, platform for us to ride over. We were was, basically skating on water part of the time because they had fog machines oh, um, oh that gosh. they used th- throughout, like, most of the show. And depending on what venue we were in, especially being in the south with the humidity... Um, it would condensate, so it would just turn into like puddles of water on the stage. Um, oh, that was pretty scary. Well, I yeah. was going to ask you what your biggest yeah. challenge was, but I feel like that might have been it. How did you guys? <laughs> how did you guys prep um, for the roles? Like, what kind of what kind of preparation did you do for the roles? Oh my gosh! Were you guys I, familiar with the movie when I you didn't guys prep started? At all, honestly, like <laughs> I, I had been out of acting. Like I had been living in Los Angeles playing music in a band and the director of this show who I literally had not seen in over a decade just called me out of the blue and he's like hey hey Edward uh, uh you you sing right and I was just like yeah you know I, I play music I'm in a band he's like you know you still do some acting every now I was like no not really 
He's like, well, we got, you know, I'm directing the show Xanadu. I need, I need to get a guy who, who just looks like he could make a goddess fall in love with her. So uh, I, I want to put you in it. I was like, you don't want me to audition? You don't want me to do it? He's like, no, 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 you're good. You're good. And I was like, all right, you know, I'll take the part. And I just showed up and that was it. That was like my very first foray into musical theater. It uh, just jumped. There was absolutely zero preparation. Yeah. Were you so, guys, did you guys know the movie growing up at all? Did you watch it before? Or was this kind of your first introduction to the show? Um, I had an ex-girlfriend who was obsessed with Xanadu, and um, that was my only familiarity with it. <laughs> I, I think I probably didn't watch it because she loved it so much. And uh, so, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised, especially considering the spoof was so hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we were saying that earlier that, that the movie is, I mean, it's so painful to watch. It's just, I can't oh, it's finish dreadful. it. It's but the, dreadful. Yeah, but the we theater. Did watch it. We did watch it during the rehearsal process. Yeah, it is. Like, oh, it, this will help. No, it, <laughs> no, it, it it's very relieving to have uh, Don't Walk Away not be a cartoon in the musical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and that, that's kind of, I love the fact that with the musical that they changed the songs to actually have a storyline with them. In the movie, it felt kind of very forced. Like, this is Don't Walk Away, we're cartoons. And in here, it's like, oh, she's leaving, Don't yeah. Walk Away. Makes yeah. more sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do, you guys, um, do you guys think that there were some, can you, I guess, elaborate on some maybe interesting choices that you feel your director made that might have been different from the <laughs> actual Broadway show? Our director was awesome. And I don't mean that like facetiously. Like he's just a very, like he didn't show up half the time because he was filming Django Unchained. He's uh, he's one of the white supremacists in that film, like on horseback with the sacks on their head. And, um, you know, he was, he would come to half the rehearsals and what have you. For a while, we were all convinced uh, that Quentin Tarantino was coming to our show. Oh. Um, it, uh, <laughs> he's like, oh, Quentin's coming. He loves Xanadu. He loves it. He's going to be there. I was like, oh, this is really cool. Um, but he would come in with these, like, very inspired choices um, when he would show up. I think one of the most interesting choices that he made is that for some reason, um, the older gentleman in the show, I can't remember what his name is. Oh, like the, Dan- the, the character. Danny, right? Danny, yeah, I don't Danny know. Yeah, he was in a wheelchair in our show. I saw a picture reason. of that, and I was wondering. I don't know why. We don't no know what idea. he was like. No hey, idea. He's got to be on wheels. He's got to be on wheels. Everybody else is on wheels. We're going to put him in wheels. I was like, so he's in a wheelchair? He's like, yeah, yeah, it'll work, babe. Don't worry. It'll work. I was like, all right, so be it. So, yeah, we, we had a handicap Danny. Uh, <laughs> I guess I it's really good at that point that he doesn't do tap dancing like in the movie. He did though. He did like like for the flashback scene. For the flashback, he, he, he got up oh, out of the didn't, chair. They didn't and have did all the dancing. They didn't have the uh, the younger Danny like they do in the Broadway version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had him it doing was, it. Uh, okay, it was interesting. <laughs> He's revived. That was an interesting choice. I I saw the picture, so I I was hoping that you guys would address that (laughs) because I was so confused. Um, We have a segment on our show called our Diva Song, which is basically the song from the particular show we're talking about that we like have to rock out to, that we have to sing out loud, that we don't care who's watching. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little primitive thing for you. So what from this show was your favorite ultimate song to sing? 
Like, what was your most, like, you had the most fun with? Or I, Mine was Don't Walk Away. I love that song. I thought it was just so cool. I, I, I think ELL is awesome. I think that it just, all of Sonny's songs were great. Like, I really enjoyed them. It uh, So that was probably the one for me. I would have to say, I don't know, it's a tie between the song Fool, Mm-hmm. Um, which, I hated that song. I hated it. <laughs> it was so much fun to do on stage, though. Um, I just got berated for the whole scene. I just had to sit there and take it while all the muses were pointing yeah, they're and just laughing hating on and you. being miserable toward me. Um, I would say that song or either Suspended in Time. I really like singing that mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Yeah. Jackie, what about you? What's your favorite song from the show? And not to copy Eddie, but it would be Don't Walk Away. And that's because I just... Love Jackie. Sorry. It, <laughs> sorry. But it was that... It was that They have that moment in the Broadway musical, and I don't know if you guys did this too, where he goes, Don't Walk Away, and she starts skating backwards towards him. And I don't know why, but that just tickles me. It made me Our laugh so much. Not the part where he pulls the skate off her foot? No, not that part. But I do like that too. I, I like the comedy of having someone on one skate hopping hopping around, yes. one skate, one foot. She was on the one, one skate. skate. We, yeah, did, we did do I that. I love that. Yeah, I'm so glad you guys did that. Rod. See, mine was, for the movie, I said Don't Walk Away because I really do love that song, mm-hmm. um, regardless of the cartoon. Um, yeah. But <laughs> for the play, I really liked what they did with the play with I'm Alive. I think it's oh, just yeah. because of the stupid Australian, like, by the fires of us, Amen, by all the fires of the shrimp on the barbie, like, all the stupid <laughs> yes. little things like that. I think That's I just it. enjoy sitting in my car doing a stupid Great. Australian accent. See, I can't do an Australian accent, so that is why that, that makes me angry <laughs> instead of happy. But um, if you guys could play, like, let's say, No Holds Barred, any role, any role on Broadway, what would you play? Any musical, any show, whatsoever? Hedvig. Really? I think you'd make a good Hedwig. You would. Thank you. You would. I love that you said it with the V, too. I'm going to see that. I am so going to see that. (laughs) I would like to play Evita. Oh, Oh, I love that. That's due for a revival, I think, so. Yeah, it it really is. I'll keep my fingers crossed for you. Um, And to go (laughs) off that, what's your favorite role you've ever played? Favorite role ever? Mm. Ooh, ooh wee. I know. I know. I, I read your guys' bio. I know you've done a lot. So <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when I send people bios. Oh man, I don't know. Uh, I maybe Jesus in Jesus Christ Superstar. Um, I think that was pretty fun. It was very emotional, but it was it was it was a very fun. It was a fun show to do. You know, I like that. It was powerful. Could be. I don't know. I, I liked playing Roger and Rent too. Just yeah, because I bleached my hair and <laughs> I had no other reason in my life to ever do that, and I was just like, "I'm going to bleach my hair. This is going to be great," you know. So <laughs> it, uh, yeah, maybe that. That was fun. I liked his songs too. Yeah, I like he, rock. He has out. a lot of great rock, rock and roll voice. Yeah, I would have to say either either Kira in Xanadu, or I really enjoyed playing Annie in Evil Dead the Musical. That was a lot of fun. Just That's a musical, and that sounds amazing. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. It was it, it was, was very, off Broadway, yeah. Um, and I think they still do it in Las Vegas. Evil Dead the musical, like yeah, I think so. Gore spectacular, or what have you. Well, that's the, only four the, hours from us. Maybe it's we need to pretty take a interesting. Yeah. You should look it up. You guys should do a whole show on it. I think so. <laughs> I agree. Would you Skype back in with us for that? Absolutely. Yes, yes. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> All right, we might have to take a road trip to Vegas to do this. Hey, yeah. I'm down. I'm down. Let's go. 
All right, guys. Thank you guys so much for coming on with us today. We really We're not going to take up too, too much more of your time. Thank so. you. Uh, so, guys, let's say goodbye to our guests for today. Bye. Thank you so much. See you guys. Um, I did want to talk a little bit, like I said before, about the similarities. We got into a little bit right, then with, right there with them, uh, the similarities and differences between the musical and the movie. And I think the biggest one we've already talked about is the comedy that they bring into it. I think that's really what made this um, such a success when the other one flopped. I think with a lot, and this happens to not just, I mean, not just musicals, not just musical movies, but sometimes people, they have a script and they don't understand the tone of the script. And um, this actually, this happened with uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the movie. Uh, (laughs) It was such a bad movie. And Joss Whedon was like, you didn't get the tone of my script, you know? And then when he was able to direct it by himself, it became a huge hit. But um, this is another thing where it's like, if you look at it on paper, you would be like, this is a comedy. And um, to try and make it so serious, I think, is what makes it so painful to watch. And so when you do the musical and you insert insert the comedy, and then you also make fun of the wildly panned movie, then you have yourself a bonafide hit. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm going to go into, we have a video from the Tony Awards, because we were talking so much about the song, um, Don't Walk Away, and that's the one that they performed for the Tonys. Yes. And it has the part Jack he was talking about. The part I loved. We're going to go ahead and play that for you, and then we're going to get into the success of it with the Tony Awards. This is Cheyenne Jackson and Carrie Butler. Cheyenne Jackson just as a person tickles me. He understands comedy. I just love those jean shorts. I can't with the jeans. And this is the moment. And she goes back towards him. It just, this makes so much more sense with what they did. This and Fool, the one she talked about, mm-hmm. because they're mad at him, because in the, in the movie, that's just them singing Fool in Xanadu once right. it's a roller rink. Well, I mean, I read something that said, um, basically, they didn't have much of a script to begin with. And so when they made the movie, they were like, okay, well, we got to beef this up to make it an actual like movie because we don't have much here and it was it was more just having the idea this is what happens when you oh, don't have an idea movie. of an actual script yeah that's funny too pulls off the shoe. sorry um <laughs> but also with the movie they were doing tons and tons of rewrites every day which made it really hard on the cast to try to even have something cohesive right to create their character with this gave them more of a story and this is what i also think with, with the comedy made it work because they had something to base their characters off of. They had something to work with. And I think what makes this so funny to me is the fact that, like, Cheyenne plays this character so so earnestly that that it makes you laugh. Because he's so, he's so earnest in his ridiculousness. But she kind of... The thing that's more interesting about her is she's, like, in on the joke. So you, she kind of is more of the audience stand-in, where you have this person who's in on the joke, and then you have the person who's kind of like the... Uh, these are the two sisters. They're hilarious. Who, uh, just think evil stepsisters from Cinderella. That's, that's they the really ba- were like that! Yeah, that's their basic... They really were like that! <laughs> it's just... I, whenever I hear big voices come out of such a little person... I love that they had him sitting I in the audience. I love that they had him sitting in the audience. And then I love that we have a close-up on his, his face. His, people have different ways of singing. Sometimes they do weird things with their mouth. 
I can't sing at all, so I would never want to close up on my face. And this I is also weird. love it that, that they, they bring in this Pegasus. Well, yeah, because that's the not end. in the. That's not till later on in the yeah. play. But I just love that they they were like, we need this. We have such a bare bones. Uh, we have set, such a bare yeah. bones set. We have an, a small ensemble cast. What and we I, need to spend our money on is a giant prop Pegasus. <laughs> well, as you guys can see in this, the set is basic, very, very basic. We have the pillars, you have the ramps, and that's it. And there's there's audience on stage with them. Um, but it's so basic that throughout the entire play, they have to constantly tell you where they are. I'm on Venice Boulevard right now. We're in this big space right now. Like, you have to know because nothing changes. I actually love that. For me, I love the fact that nothing looks like Southern California whatsoever. Um, it looks like you're in Greece. Right. It looks like you're in Greece. I, I really I really do love that. I also just love the high notes he hits. He's a really good singer. Cheyenne Jackson is a really good singer. And people that just know his film and TV career, like, you would never know that. You know what's funny is uh, before Cheyenne started doing all the, um, all the TV stuff, I became, like, an instant fan of his because I just thought, like... I, I just his comedy tickled me so much. The fact when people aren't overly comedic, when they get it and they can give you they can give you something without being too Jim Carrey in your face, uh, I tend to like those kind of those kind of um, comedians. I would say not that I would and, ever call Cheyenne Jackson a comedian. And also, just bringing up one more difference with Cheyenne Jackson's character, um, he doesn't work in a painting studio where he reproduces no big he's records. street painting he's street painting he's sadly street painting i love i love that and, moment and too. his main thing is that he never finishes his paintings because he just hates them before he finishes them so he just right. stops um but it it this was nominated for best musical best book best leading actress best choreography whereas the other one songs were nominated but as we talked, the other one was only nominated for Razzies, which, if you weren't aware, the, uh, if you didn't watch our old one, the Razzies were invented based on this movie. Um, so this one did wildly better. It was entirely more successful than the movie. Um, Poor Gene Kelly. Why did that have to be his last movie? I mean, it wasn't his last thing he ever did. It was did. his last movie. It was, no, I know. Can you imagine? He, That's your legacy? Oh, uh, I would punch the, the director in the face. At least he was one of the best parts of the movie. He was. He did a great dancing and job. And he looked like, he probably just was like, you know what, I'm just going to have fun. I don't even care. He goes, I'm in my 60s. I'm starting to get sick. Like, I don't even care. But um, I understand this is not about the movie, and this is not about my sadness that that was Gene Kelly's last role. <laughs> um, and the book, uh, it didn't win any Tony Awards, but the book did win Best Drama Desk Award. So, um, it went on a national tour after that. It's... Um, it did well on that too. It's it's a very short play for a musical. Musicals are generally two and a half, three, three and a half. Yeah, this hours. does it. Um, I don't know how um, Eddie and Tiffany's production was, but this goes through without an intermission. On yeah, Broadway. it's an hour and a half, pretty much straight through, um, which is extremely short for a musical. It almost makes you wonder if the tickets were cheaper for it because you're <laughs> not getting such. <laughs> you wonder. You're like, mm, could I have seen that? Could I have seen that with a cheaper ticket? Well, just, um, I mean, like, if I'm going to pay, like, 50 bucks for a three-hour show, I don't want to pay $50 for an hour-and-a-half show. I will say, though, like, when I've seen when I've seen non-musical plays, um, they charge the same price for the 90 minutes as they do for the two-and-a-half-hour Richard III, so. <laughs> um, Which is what I'm seeing tonight. Oh, you're seeing that tonight? Yeah. Um, Shout-out to the Shakespeare in the Park. 
um, going there tonight to see Richard the Third, which they do in many cities. Um, so if you're wherever area you're in, look that up because throughout the summer they usually do yeah, multiple shows. Yeah, there's got to be uh, there's got to be regional Shakespeare everywhere, even if it's not in a park. You'll probably find it. <laughs> Shakespeare on the beach. <laughs> Shakespeare on the beach. Shakespeare in my living room. <laughs> that happens. That's Jackie's casual Saturday That's night. That's my every- casual side. Shakespeare um, in the bathroom. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I think it's pretty obvious, but I'm just going to go ahead and do this little section of which do we prefer, the movie or the musical? Jackie, yeah, I think you guys know. I can't. I can't even friggin' sit through the through the movie. I've sat. I sat through it once, and I was like, that was bloody torture. Um, so musical for sure. For me, it was also the musical. I didn't hate the movie as much as Jackie hated the movie. <laughs> um, I I enjoy it to make fun of it, um, and also for just the songs and and. Gene Kelly, of course. Um, but I definitely think the musical was more cohesive. It had a better storyline. It gave reasons. The songs worked better because there was reasons to be singing them. Um, they weren't just standalone, kind of like they were in the movie for the most part. And the cast was amazing, so you can't lose. You know, you have comedy, you have great music, you have a creek chorus. <laughs> You have roller skates, you, have, you roller have leg skates. warmers that protect and while, you. And while I will say that the roller skates still weren't to the extent that I wanted them to be in the musical, like in the movie I said last week that I wanted these huge roller skating performances, and you get like one at the very end, but I kept being like, where's my big roller skate performance where they're doing like ice skating on stage? And they're tricks. hard though. They I are. Mean, I'm not skating... saying they're not, I just really wanted it. When I was eight, I was like really good at roller skating. I am no longer good, but like it's hard. It's hard. I will say I know. That. I just really wanted it. I wanted someone doing a flip, which they did do one. In the in the final scene, you do get a performance on roller skates. So you do get it more than you, you do, do in the get movie. your Disney on ice. You do. Get- <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So that's going to be it for our show this week. Les uh, Mis next week. We are doing Les Mis. We'll be doing the theater show of Les Mis next week because we're always going to start off with whichever came first, the movie or the theater play. So we're going to do Les Mis. We may have some other guests with us. And join us then. And we will see you next week. 123jackieb.com and on platforms. BFIPS14. <laughs> She's having a moment. BFIPS14 Instagram and Twitter. And um, like we always say, guys, we haven't gotten one yet, but we would love for you guys to send in a video of your favorite diva song, and we may play it on our show. You can tweet us um, to figure out where to send that. Have a good week. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit PopcornTalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only, and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals. <laughs>